Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Coast to Coasties podcast. It's been a while since we recorded an episode because we've had a uh, pretty hefty underway schedule recently, but it's nice to be back in the studio and share more content with you guys. Today, we'll be discussing what it's like to be a cutter surface swimmer in the U.S. Coast Guard on one of the Coast Guard cutters. So, the cutter surface swimmer is not to be confused with the aviation survival technician rate in the Coast Guard. That's a unique rate. Those are the people that you see in the movie like The Guardian, jumping out of the helicopters, rescuing people on the boats that are in distress. The cutter surface swimmer is a billet on the cutter for emergency drills. And cutter surface swimmers are required to have on Coast Guard cutters in order to sail. So it's a pretty essential rate to have on each cutter And it's one of those billets that gets overlooked sometimes, and it sneaks up. So you might end up dwindling down to one cutter surface swimmer on your cutter, and then they SIQ or they transfer, and then your cutter can technically not sail if there is no cutter surface swimmer. So it is very important to have a few cutter surface swimmers on board. So a lot of cutters will regularly train surface swimmers to have as reserve backups in addition to their normal surface swimmers to ensure they can sail and not deter from the mission or operations. Now the thing about the cutter surface swimmer is that the training is not nearly as intense as the AST survival school training is. However, you do need to meet some basic qualifications in order to be qualified as a cutter surface swimmer. So what it is, is you got to be able to swim 500 yards in under 12 minutes You have to be able to perform 29 push-ups in a minute, and then you have to be able to do 38 sit-ups in a minute. So similar standards to the PT test, except instead of running the mile and a half, of course, you got to swim the 500 yards to prove that you can swim. Ironically, there's no treading requirements for this cutter surface swim requirement. However, in actual practice in the ocean, you're going to be doing a lot of treading when you're doing these drills and hooking people up to the Stokes leader, and we'll get more into this as we go. But I recommend anyone that's interested in becoming a cutter surface swimmer to make sure you're getting to the pool regularly, train on your swim distance. I'd practice some distance swimming, do some push-ups on your off time, sit-ups, and definitely make sure you can tread water for a good 15 to 20 minutes continuously without stopping just to, for your own safety and for those people that you're going in the water to potentially save to be sure that you're in good physical condition for the billet's role as it is a pretty physical requirement to be able to go in the water, tread while you're doing these rescue drills and such. Now onto what the cutter surface swimmer actually does in practice is that, for instance, let's say we had a man overboard on the cutter. Someone needs to potentially go in the water and save this person if the rescue boat on board can't pick up the person for whatever reason and we need to deploy a swimmer in the water. This is why we have cutter surface swimmers to be able to deploy in the water and rescue our people. Or let's say for instance that there's a civilian issue on the waters and for whatever reason your cutter is the closest responder to being able to respond to that issue. Much closer than any helicopters or small boat stations get to it. Your cutter is the only one near them and they need a surface swimmer for their particular situation. 
then that's another reason why to have a cutter surface swimmer on board. The requirements mainly for that man overboard requirement is that we need surface swimmers available to jump in the water to save our own people. If we're in the middle of the ocean, let's say you're in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, there's no air station that's even near you. So for a swimmer to go in and rescue you, you have to rely on the cutter surface swimmer at that point. So that's why it's pretty essential to have them on board. The vast majority of the time, the small boat on your cutter will be actually doing the retrieval instead of sending someone in the water to retrieve that person that went overboard. But on the chance that they do need the swimmer for that particular situation, that's why we have the swimmer on board ready to deploy in case the small boat can't do the particular pickup for whatever reason. In terms of what exactly the service swimmer would entail for the rescue, the service swimmer has the authority and option to opt to go in or opt not to go into the water in any particular circumstance. So if they don't feel safe or comfortable making the rescue, the swimmer can decline to go in the water in any attempt to go in. To deploy as a cutter surface swimmer, it depends on your platform. Me being on a buoy tender, I would deploy off the buoy deck more than likely as I can jump in from there off the side of the sill or take the Jacob's Ladder down to the water's edge. The other option is your small boat could deploy the surface swimmer from the small boat so you'd be lower down in the small boat and then jump in the water from that small boat that is deployed to go save someone. Now there are several other training drills you have to do similar to lifeguard training so it's not just the physical fitness test because if you imagine yourself in the water how are you going to rescue this person and get them back on the cutter? So we have this piece of equipment called the Stokes Leader which is essentially a basket that you would put a person in and strap them to it so that the cutter can hoist them back up. So there will be lines attached to the Stokes leader that your fellow shipmates on the cutter can pull the leader back up as you strap that victim into the ladder so they can be pulled out of the water safely and securely. The thing is about the Stokes leader is that if the person's unconscious, you're doing all the work to get that person in the leader. So... If they're unconscious, you got to make sure that they're not taking water on their face, so they're staying above water, and you're also strapping them in properly. And the straps, you got to climb over the person, and you got to do a little bit of swimming around to be able to ensure that everything is being taken care of appropriately. The leader itself has five different colored straps to help you guide where the straps need to go on the person's body when you're strapping them into it. So there's a particular order that you have to strap them in so that their arms are secure to their body and there's one that goes over their legs, one that goes over their waist, the chest area, and then we have additional pads to hold and secure the person in place. So you'll learn all about how to do proper strapping in your training. But the most important thing about strapping is that they're very cinched down and secure so that when you actually hoist the person up, onto your ship's deck, wherever you're hoisting them onto, they don't fall out of the leader on mid-hoist in that they're secure in there and they're not going to fall back in the water. So make sure those straps are tight. And then meanwhile, while you're doing all this strapping, you're working with the tenders of the Stokes leader to ensure that they're positioning the leader in the right areas. So you get to tell certain tenders at certain times, take tension on your line, don't take tension on that line. 
so that you can line it up. That's the easiest way for you to be able to strap them in safely and securely so that they're properly secured for when they get hoisted back up. Sometimes in the water, you're in the ocean, there could be jellyfish, sharks, various things. So it really is, you gotta go in there with a little bit of a fearless mindset to be able to withstand the uh, fears that could come along with going in the water for this exercise. However, we train in sometimes the ocean, sometimes a swimming pool. You're supposed to train for unconscious people, but also hysterical people. So people that are struggling because they're drowning will oftentimes push you underwater to help save themselves unconsciously. They're not trying to drown you, but that's just a subconscious reaction to the act of drowning. In that situation, we need to practice escape techniques as well. How to escape a victim that is subconsciously trying to unintentionally drown you. So we practice almost water jujitsu, I call it. (laughs) So you got to practice your water jujitsu moves and be able to learn how to escape and finagle those uncomfortably scary situations where you just have people not being themselves because they're panicked and you know not everyone's the best swimmer even if you're on a cutter so you're that swimmer there that's there to rescue them I remember when I started training in these escape techniques early on my partner would just jump on me in the water and start strangling me in the water it seemed so I couldn't escape and knock my mask off I was breathing in water I couldn't see clearly and I was all disoriented of course my partner being the goofball he is he was just loving it (laughs) watching me struggle while he was holding me down in the water struggling so it really did help me learn though how I'm supposed to properly escape so I still thank him to this day for it that he put me through that (laughs) process that I'm better off for it and know my water jujitsu now on a better level so you really have to run through it several times till you get the hang of what exact escape techniques you should practice using in case you are put in that scenario in a real life situation because it can take the best of us swimmers and completely disable us in the water if that hysterical person starts tackling you and wrapping their arms around you and could even start choking or suffocating you again all unintentionally but it could happen so we need to find the techniques to mitigate those situations when you're in the water and that's very important to being a good surface swimmer depending on water temperatures if the water is above 60 degrees we can wear a wetsuit if it's below 60 degrees we wear the dry suit with a couple different layers underneath to keep us warm it's essential that that dry suit that zipper is sealed shut because one time my zipper was not sealed shut and i took water in it and then i became useless because water got my suit and then i became the victim essentially so You want to make sure before you go in the water, all your gear is in good condition, attached properly, everything's secure on you, so that when you go in the water, you don't become a victim as well. But having all those layers on will keep you completely warm, even in the coolest of waters, wearing all those dry suit layers if your suit is secure and worn properly. So the thing that's rewarding about the job is We're not called into action much. I haven't been called into a single actual emergency situation, but I train regularly at the pool. Like I said, I train in drills every six months at minimum. And it's cool knowing that if I was called upon and needed, that I have the tools and skill set necessary to be able to 
help rescue and save someone that is drowning in the water so I can save the life of a shipmate because I have good water confidence skills. And for those interested in the AST program that aren't in the Annex series, this is a great way to be able to get close to hone in some swimmer skills on the occasion in your jobs practice if you're stationed on a cutter and you're trained to become an AST. But also, the thing about being a surface swimmer is it's an essential qual that many people will be proud of you for having because the surface swimmer is a very essential piece to the crew. Even sometimes we don't get called in action too much. It's when you are needed, you're the person that's needed and you're counted upon. So it's a very heavy role to take in and a lot of people count on and look forward to having you on the crew. It's just a really cool experience overall that I can take. I know this is a shorter episode, but I'm very proud to be a cutter surface swimmer and I would encourage people that are on a cutter to look into it as a good collateral duty for themselves to aid the mission, aid their shipmates, and just be another safe person with water confidence to be able to have on board in the event that they need cutter surface swimmers in an emergency. I'm happy because I've had the opportunity to train some cutter surface swimmers on my ship, and I would just encourage anyone who likes to swim or has interest in being a cutter surface swimmer, ask their command about it and try it out and see if they like it. It's a great opportunity to get involved with your ship, and I don't think you'll be disappointed. I hope you enjoyed this episode on Cutter Surface Swimmers. If you have any more questions about Cutter Surface Swimmers, please feel free to ask. We'll hopefully get an AST on here at some point to talk about the aviation survival technician, get much more into detail about the AST rate. But the Cutter Surface Swimmer, again, it's not AST, it's separate. This is specifically a cutter billet for cuttermen. And while they both do involve entering the water, Cutter surface swimmer is a collateral duty on cutters. So keep that in mind when you're listening to this video that cutter surface swimmer is separate from AST. So I hope you enjoy and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.